How was that giant sip of water that you just took? Very refreshing. Was it? Yeah. Now I'm going to take a giant swig of my Copa de Vino. <laughs> you did the Italian, like... Mwah. The, yeah, you did the Italian fingers. Italian chef kiss. Yeah. But you even did, like, you know, the... Mm, Copa de Vino. That's really funny. Um... Yeah. Oh my god, that's sweet. Is it? Oh. I didn't open mine yet and I You'll like it. Oh, I, you're like you will like it because if it doesn't taste like diabetes uh, yeah. in a can, you're going to fucking It's basically juice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's a percentage on this B. Sometimes these do have high percents though. Well, I'm a little nervous. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's holy shit. It's 10.8%. That's high for wine. Yike. It mm-hmm. smells funny. <laughs> That's, you know, when we wine taste, we're going to go out and be like, this smells funny. <laughs> What's it taste like? Welch's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Will the fucking four-year-olds in the back leave? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. It's, it really does not smell pleasant. I'm not a fan of the really? smell. Really? No, I don't. I don't know. Smell it. Do I have to waft it? <laughs> We're sniffing into the mic. <laughs> I don't smell a funny smell. I do, and it might just be me because I'm not feeling great. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, hello. This is Chardonnay and DNA. I am Becky Barnes. I'm Rachel Malavanko. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's who I am. Yep. Oh, we <laughs> didn't do... What we didn't do last episode was a ring update. Oh, yeah. I forgot to ask because I suck. Oh, that's okay. Ring update. Um. So, as of right now, which is earlier than when this podcast will air it's shipped and should be to me in like two days nice yeah very we're gonna have to like upload a photo so that everybody can see we totally can because i fucking love that shit it's beautiful well i so i've always wanted a raw diamond because i'm not really like a sparkly person mm-hmm. like the big i mean whatever you want i don't care yeah some people just like want like my one friend She's like, if I get married, I want a rock on my hand. I'm like, I okay. Want a skating rink for fleas. I'm like, you know what? Cool. But I really like raw diamonds. Um, they're basically diamonds that don't go through the like processing of like being being Tumbled or whatever. cut, being yeah. like colored in any way. They're just sort of like natural. I and know I, nothing about fucking jewelry, so I'm over here like, do they? What do they do? <laughs> what what is it is it from outer space yeah. what is this magical rock yeah i just think they're really cool and i've always uh i saw one when i was like in high school and i was like yep that's yeah. it yeah i'm like totally for the whole whatever the fuck you want thing but at the same time it could have been a cracker jack ring and i'd have been happy oh don't get me wrong sometimes i look at people's yeah um, rings and they had to like finance it for 40 years and i'm like what there the is fuck? actually a study done that if you spend i forget what it was it's like i don't quote me on this because i'm probably totally fucking wrong but i think it's like if you spend like three thousand dollars or more on your set mm-hmm. you're like more likely to divorce really yeah and it was something with the wedding though too it's because you go into the marriage in a state of debt and then that causes even more stress. Like, I, I don't know. This whole, like, $30,000 wedding bullshit. Oh, yeah. And, and I also think it's just a mentality of, like, you have these high expectations of what it means to be married. I mean, I could go on and on. But 
Uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Nope. I just, you know. The mer- the uh, wedding industry is a sham. It's all bullshit. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. 100%. But Speaking of that, uh, I fucking hate the dress that I ordered. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> Dude, I have trust issues with online clothes shopping. Well, the problem is that, like, we don't have any cute, like, retro stores that sell, like, you know, Sourpuss and, uh... Hell Bunny and like those kind of brands that I like, mm-hmm. so I can't go anywhere to try them on. Like Hot Topic gets maybe two of those dresses in a year, yeah. And the closest shop that I know of is in Salem, Massachusetts, so that's not exactly a hot hop, skip, and a jump for me. Could we go to like? Can we like thrift or something? We can try. It's just really hard because I am I am quite chonky, so like that's a lie. No, I listen. When I so here's the thing: if I call myself fat. I don't mean it in a negative way because I think we have such a there's such a stigma around the world word fat. Yeah, and that's true. Just because I'm saying that I'm I have fat, you know what it is what it is, and I've accepted that. And fat doesn't equate uh, to you being like a shitty person. Yeah, or being ugly, or yeah. yeah, being a bad person, or being disgusting. Like, you know, I'm a little overweight. It is what it is. I like food and wine. You know, so so that's what I mean. Like, I just I get I don't know when I say I hate that when I call myself fat. So I'm like, but you're beautiful, bitch. I didn't say I was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just said and I didn't mean you in that. But you know what I mean? Like, but I do. I uh, this this might get real deep. If you want to cut it, we can. But (laughs) I I do think that your perception of your own body is very distorted. Yeah. Oh, I definitely I definitely have an issue with that. And, you know, stemming from other problems. But you know, it is what it Everyone is. Everyone needs to read the fuck it diet. Yeah. Please go yes. on Audible or buy it at your local Amazon. <laughs> yeah. But. Because it's really fucking good. I, I will have to. You do because it will blow your mind. Yeah. Well, we have such a idealized, like, from the media. Media just puts this perfect body image in your head of what you're supposed to look like. And, you know, we, we all kind of subscribe to that and it's bullshit and also the quote-unquote obesity epidemic is also bullshit in a lot of ways yeah um so like that yeah anybody out there that has a body image issue which is probably everybody yeah, <laughs> that's listening yeah. um especially if you're a woman you have to read that or listen to it because it will blow your mind yeah i'll have to check it out it's crazy but the whole point of that yeah. was not to be self-deprecating in the slightest when i said that i'm a little chonky because i have chonk you know but um, it's just, it makes certain dresses not fit properly on me. Yeah. And I mean, even, even like I, I have a relative, I have a kind of a smaller frame, mm-hmm. um, but my proportions are weird. I have yeah. no tits and a really big butt. Yeah. Yeah. So like even, yeah, I mean, that's just things, you know, what's fucking crazy too is I, <laughs> and then we can get back to the murders. And yeah, shit, but, <laughs> um, what's crazy is that I read this article that it's like, duh, but it was about how they how like celebrities their clothes don't just fit them it's not like they just have these perfect proportions yeah. they get everything tailored yeah because you have the money to do that but yes they get everything tailored nothing is like they buy extra larges and stuff and get it tailored down yeah like everything is tailored nobody really fits in anything yeah <laughs> everything's yeah. a lie no absolutely and honestly the dress is not as terrible as I'm making it out to be. I just yeah, it, but you want to like it. Yeah, it fits in weird places, and I probably could have it like taken in in the places that I need it to. But if you don't like it enough, yeah, I just don't. It's can not, you get your money back? No, but I'll wear it for something else. 
Oh, so you'll actually you will wear Look, it. I'll wear it, but okay. it's just it fits awkwardly and it doesn't it doesn't give me the silhouette that I was trying to obtain. Got it. If that makes sense. So maybe we could try thrifting or something. Yeah, we're gonna have to try something. There's a really great thrift store. Um, it's her stuff. Like you know when you go in a thrift store and like no judgments. I get. I think I've gotten most of what I'm wearing from a thrift oh, I store. Absolutely love thrift stores. Um, but you know some they do have that like musty smell. Yeah. This one by my house, it's very small, and it's just women's stuff, but none, like, it is so, like, she is so pristine with yeah. everything that she has, um, and I really like that one, so maybe we could go there and yeah, absolutely. see if we find anything. Yeah, but weep, womp, yep. I don't like my dress. <laughs> That's a bummer. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, any corrections or anything? No. 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 You're just over there chugging. Yeah. <laughs> Chuggy McChuggerson. I know. Um, it's tasty. Yeah. Well, good, as it should be. Uh, Yeah. So I don't either. I'm sure there is corrections. I just don't have any to make right now. Yeah. And we're like double recording, so we don't know what we fucked up from the last one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually we're double recording. So. Yeah. So it takes like, you guys will hear in a month us correct something from like forever ago. Yeah. Sorry about that. You've already screamed at your microphone at us. So. Yeah. Did you see the one review? It said something like, P.S. I was screaming, Professor Sprout at the radio the whole oh, time. Oh, I didn't see that. I bet yeah. they were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because when I listened to it, I was also screaming at us, Professor Sprout. Yes. On this one uh, podcast I listened to, they were trying to remember the fictional doctor character that Joey plays on Friends. And oh, they kept yeah. saying like, uh, they kept saying like uh dan ramirez and i'm like drake ramore that's funny <laughs> yeah well and then i went back and listened and i was like oh i said something like i get uh the herbology teacher and the nurse their names mixed up the reason why is because the nurse is poppy palm free mm-hmm. so it's a flower that's and true. my brain like flips them palm free that's yeah. what it is yeah so yeah okay well, tell you me ready? a story are you ready for this yeah. It's a little wild. I was born ready. <laughs> okay. With my, <laughs> with my, uh, let me do this again. With your Moscato. Copa de vino Moscato. I wish you could all see the uh, the hand motion that she's doing right now. Copa de vino. <laughs> so, um. This contains arsenic. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most gullible fucker in the world. Like, you could have, <laughs> I'd have believed you. I'm like, is that okay? Like, are we going to die? Is my that, dad, is arsenic the one that smells like almond? Or no, that's um, that's cyanide. Yeah, my so when we were redoing my house, right? I just have to tell this really quick. Uh, we were doing the walls with bare paint, which is B E H R. Okay, mm-hmm. we went to the store, and my dad has this way of saying things where I, I just automatically believe him. Him and my brother can do that to me all uh, the time. They're just like deadpan, deadpan, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. So we're there trying to buy this paint, and the guy's like, oh yeah, we stopped selling bare paint. And my dad was like, yeah, the bears bit too many people. And I went, really? And then I realized how (laughs) fucking stupid I am and was like, yeah, they're not even real bears and it's spelled differently. And what the fuck, Rachel? You're so pretty. I'm so pretty. (laughs) So, yeah. So (laughs) you could have told me there was arsenic and I'd been like chugging it like, really? Okay. (laughs) Uh, You could tell me that and I'd be like, still good. It's still good. (laughs) Trace amounts won't kill you. No. It takes a long time. There's trace amounts in apple juice. Yeah. Babies drink apple juice. Yeah, we're okay. All right, so sorry. Um, mine is murdery this this week. I think it's always murdery. Well, was it murdery last 
What? No, I did badass women. It was still murdery, I guess. It was still murdery, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's murdery again. Um, Ready. So most of my information came from the Innocence Project. Um, oh, nice. And some of it came from uh, the Orlando Sentinel. And there was another article I'll post in the Facebook. So this is the case of Clemente Agara Harkin. And are you ready? Buckle I'm, up. Yep. Okay. I'm buckled. Mark Van Zant was just planning to pick up clothing for his girlfriend on the morning of June 17, 2004. Samantha Williams, his girlfriend, had spent the night at his house the night before and had left that morning for her work, uh, where she worked at Subway, after asking him to grab her some items from her home. Samantha lived with her mother, Cheryl Williams, and her grandmother, Carol Berius. I'm probably saying that wrong, but they'll be referred to as Cheryl and Carol from here on out. Cheryl and Carol, that's not yeah, confusing at not all. Not confusing at all. <laughs> uh, she lived with her mother, Cheryl, and her grandmother, Carol, at a trailer at 121 Vagabond Way in Altamonte Springs, Florida. So mom is Cheryl, grandma's Carol. Yes. Okay. Yep. I'll clarify as I'm okay. going on. When he arrived at the home to get her items, he found the lifeless bodies of her mother and grandmother. Cheryl's body was blocking the front door. She had been stabbed 129 times and had bled to death. Jesus. I'm always so confused, like, why people stab that many times. Like, they're probably dead after, like, the second or third. Well, and here's the thing. Like, so when, when you shoot someone, it's one motion, one quick trigger pull, right? You, when you shoot someone to kill them, it's bam, you know. You're usually not unloading the clip. When someone stabs someone or beats them with a blunt object, there's so much anger and violence and force it's behind so that. It's so personal. Like it's yes, so it's way more personal. Yeah, and so. you have to get you have to get so close yeah. to the victim too. Yes. Yeah. And to do it 129 times. I would think you'd run out of space. Yeah. Or energy at that point. Uh, yeah. Like, that's that's just that's that's rage filled. Yeah. So stabbed 129 times and had bled to death. Carol, her grandmother, was partially paralyzed and used a wheelchair after suffering a stroke. Hmm. She was found on the living room floor next to that wheelchair and had been stabbed twice. Cheryl, her mother, had severe wounds to her lungs and leg, one of which was had severed her femoral artery, which is how she likely bled out. Uh, she was stabbed in the arms, legs, back, hands, feet, and chest. One stab wound... Oh, I lied. That's not how she bled out. It was a stab wound to her left lung, uh, and that was considered the fatal wound. Okay. She also had numerous defensive wounds on her hands and feet that suggested an extremely violent struggle. Carol, her grandmother, died from a stab wound that severed her v- left ventricle, and she had also been stabbed in the back. Van Zant called the police to report that he had discovered the body shortly before 9 a.m. Police arrived and began their investigation into the murders. During the investigation, police found a bloody 10-inch kitchen knife between the residence and the house next door at 117 Vagabond Way. Police also found 67 bloody shoe impressions. When Samantha arrived on the scene to find her mother and grandmother dead, she immediately told police that she had a gut feeling that the neighbor, 24-year-old Clemente Agara Harkin, was the murderer. Hmm. Harkin was an illegal immigrant who had fled traffickers in Honduras after they tried to force him to become a member of their gang. Quick question, Mm -hmm. and maybe you'll get to this, but is there any reason behind that gut feeling? Uh, Yes, a little bit. Okay. Uh, He worked at a restaurant washing dishes and prepping food, and he lived at 117 Vagabond Way, 
with two roommates. Clemente and his roommates were often at Cheryl's house as she had an open door policy and they would spend time with the two women at the house. The police went to the home and found Harkeen with his roommates. They all denied knowing anything. Later that day, Harkeen went to the police and admitted that he had been drinking that night and ran out of beer. The store wasn't supposed to open for another hour, so he went next door to ask for beer. He went into the front door because he knew it was never locked, and he often walked in just because that's how they were as neighbors. Uh, When he did, he found Cheryl's body. He left and went back home without calling police. He didn't, this makes a lot of sense though, he didn't call the police because he was an undocumented undocumented, immigrant and he didn't want to be deported. Right. Very, very big concern there. You know, that's why a lot of crimes against people who are undocumented go Go unreported. unreported. Mm -hmm. He's reported as saying, then who is going to help my mother? One question by a detective about why he didn't call the police. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So he was arrested for tampering with evidence from a crime scene. Right. Well, yeah, my face was that way because, like, it's a catch-22. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, what did you want him to do? And now he's in trouble and he tried to do the right thing. Yeah. So the knife they found between the houses resembled the knives that the restaurant he worked at used. And the head chef reported that one of the 10-inch knives from the restaurant had gone missing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Out of the 67 bloody shoe impressions, 64 of them were a match to Harkeen's shoes. A search warrant for his home was executed, and a plastic bag with bloody clothing inside was discovered. Cheryl's blood was found on all of the clothing and the soles of his shoes, and Carol's blood was found on his shirt, shorts, and underwear. Bloodstain pattern analysts testified that Harkeen's shorts had contact stains on the front and back, and that the stains on the back were the result of blood spatter, which meant that blood had been sprayed during the crime. The bloody socks had bloodstains that were consistent with dropped blood so like dripping off of Mm -hmm. something and harkeen's fingerprint was also found on the knife so all signs are not looking good for harkeen our our boy harkeen is in some hot water yeah okay during the trial samantha williams testified that harkeen had been a guest in their home before that was he was banned actually from the house several months prior at least to not just walk in uh, because apparently she had woke up and found him hovering over her bed at, like, 2 a.m. Okay, yeah, because I was just thinking, like, why, if she, if he was just sort of welcome to come in whenever, why does she think that he is the killer? Okay. So there was that. And then she testified that she spent the night at her boyfriend Van Zandt's house, and he confirmed that she also spent the night at his house. So here's where things start to get a little interesting. Harkeen testified that he had the day before the murders off and he had spent the day and night drinking with his friends. You're off. What the fuck ever. Do whatever you want. I mean, same, Um, I'm sure. Yeah. At some point in my life. Yeah. So he returned home at 5 a.m. from his friend's house and he was out of beer and the store didn't open for an hour. So that, you know. Dude, just go to bed. Yeah. Well, you're partying hard, I guess. I know. Nothing good. Nothing good Mm -hmm. happens after. 2 a.m. No. We no. walked next door to see if they had any beer, and when he did, he found Cheryl's body. He said he lifted Cheryl's body into his lap to try and revive her, but she was dead. He walked into the living room and found Carol's body next. He saw the knife near Cheryl's body and picked it up because he was fearful that the killer was still inside the house. He called out, is anybody here? And then when there was no response, he went into Samantha's room to see if she was also dead in the room. She wasn't home, but her room had been ransacked. He ran home and tossed the knife along the way. He cleaned himself up and put his clothes in the bag. And he maintained the defense for not calling the police. As an undocumented immigrant, it's a valid fear. Oh, but don't touch anything. Yeah. 
I'm going to touch on that a little bit later about why he did what he did. Okay. Uh, don't let me forget because it's not in my notes and I just want to talk okay. about it a little bit. So on February 28th, 2006, he was convicted of first degree murder and burglary. The jury voted seven to five to impose the death penalty on him for Cheryl's murder and nine to three for Carol's murder. The judge sentenced Tarkeen to death. He yelled as they took him out of the courtroom. They're trying to kill me for no reason. I didn't kill nobody. Hmm. And there's video of that, Ugh. of him being taken out, and it's very sad. I bet. So, and he's, you know, arrested and imprisoned and given the death penalty. Ugh. And I'm so sorry. What state are we in? Florida. Florida, okay. Oh, yeah, Florida. Let's <laughs> give a fuck. Florida, yeah. Because there was a body. They cared, you know. Oh, so right. That was a really bad jab at Casey Anthony, in case you didn't pick that up. But. <laughs> Living trash. Yeah, yeah. Whole different episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2009, <laughs> he filed a motion for a new trial because the fingerprint on the knife used to make a positive identification to him was actually uh, declared impossible to read by an analyst who had reviewed the case again. And it shouldn't have been used or considered suitable to compare it to Harkeen's. Hmm. So, um, well, he's an immigrant, so yeah, they didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. They just wanted to pin it on somebody. Yep. I've noticed whenever these conversations start happening, I start squishing the. Yeah, when I start talking about like death and stuff, you have to squish the fluffy wall. It's less so death that it is like social injustice. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah, I guess. Where I'm True. like just gripping onto anything. Yeah. You're so angry. <laughs> yeah. In 2011, his it? Oh, sorry, I skipped because I got a little. A little lost there. The conviction and the death sentence was upheld in the Florida Supreme Court in 2009, mm -hmm. despite that evidence. In 2011, his attorneys asked the Innocence Project for help with testing more than 80 pieces of DNA evidence that hadn't been tested. The results were presented... Which, why? Why hadn't it... Great question, Florida. <laughs> why? Why was it not? Anyway, the results were presented in an evidentiary hearing in 2013. Harkeen's DNA was excluded as a source of the DNA at the scene. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. But someone else's DNA was found in eight locations that were consistent with being from the attacker, so during the crime. Okay. A crime scene expert also testified that what was said to be blood spatter was actually blood transferred when he picked up the victims. Oh. So that was consistent with his story. Okay. Guess whose DNA was found? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Just take a, take a stab. Take a stab. Is it the boy? <laughs> a stab. Uh, is it the boyfriend? Sorry. No. Is you went right for the boyfriend. I did. Was it the girl? Yeah. Get the fuck. Samantha? Samantha Williams. For some reason, I thought maybe it was going to be like they the the family didn't like the boyfriend. I or... mean, yeah, that's valid. But it no. was the girl? It was the daughter. Fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so Samantha Williams often got into arguments with her mother the last of which happened a few hours before Cheryl Williams was killed. Samantha Williams was making daiquiris in the kitchen, so apparently everybody there just gets fucking hammered all the time. All the time. <laughs> it's Florida, so. That's true. <laughs> uh, sorry, Florida. We love you. We love you, Florida, but you're wild, man. Yeah. Damn, Florida, you scary. <laughs> Damn, Florida, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I just. <laughs> so, was making daiquiris in the kitchen with her boyfriend, Mark Van Zant, when they spilled ice on the freshly cleaned floor, sparking a fight that ended with William staying with her boyfriend for the night. Samantha had a history of mental illness, and she actually confirmed she'd been taken to the hospital about 60 times over the years for psychiatric evaluations. 60. Yeah, uh, before and after the murder, so like over a span of time. Wow. Okay. It's called, it's a different, like, so here. 
it's like you 302 someone or uh-huh. whatever it is it's called something different there but it's um, a non-voluntary you're transported there because of your actions or uh-huh. whatever or it could be voluntary i'm not sure it was some kind of act that was put into place okay but 60 times for psychiatric <laughs> evaluations and how old is she at this time Do we... um i don't it doesn't actually say but she sounds young she's younger, like younger for sure yeah. yeah late teens early 20s i okay. would say mm-hmm. i could be very wrong so her frontal lobe is likely not developed as yeah well. yeah yeah um on one occasion during those evaluations she'd been recorded as saying her mother and grandmother had died for me that's what she said my mother and grandma died for me essentially oh, um van okay. zant eventually testified that she did actually spend the night at his house but he was in such a deep sleep that even if she left he wouldn't have known i sleep like that yeah so you know he wasn't hiding anything he just truly didn't know if she did leave look the fucking rapture could happen and i wouldn't wake up for it oh god i my dog moves and i wake up i that's how my fiance is and i like i am such a deep sleeper i wish that happens i mean he probably he likely didn't know a thing well and they were drinking too so you know that didn't help samantha williams had actually confessed to the murder several times over the course of this then why the fuck's our boy getting because he's brown because he's brown great yep (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you grip the wall um, The defense team for Harkeen Had found five separate occasions of a confession Once she said The demon in her head made her do it Another time as she was asked to leave A neighbor's property for whatever reason She made stabbing motions towards her chest And said I'm not afraid of you guys I killed my mom I killed my grandmother Listen if someone is saying That the demon in her head Made her kill her close family believe her yeah yep yep because welcome to my ted talk (laughs) yeah that just completely apparently let it go (laughs) what Mm. it makes no fucking sense so out of curiosity was this a white family yes uh the individuals that she confessed to did testify about the confessions and the new evidence helped for a new trial to be ordered the state's attorney office wanted to retry him for everything because why the fuck not even though we have an actual confession and dna that matches the killer wait they wanted to retry him for the murders isn't that not allowed uh once they dropped the charges i guess that they were gonna try and do that i'm not really sure because they just dropped the charges but here's the fucking thing they dropped the charges and didn't release him so he was still in jail that's what i don't understand like i never heard you mention him being released Nope. he was still in prison this whole time after they dropped the charges he was in prison for like two years after that because they wanted to retry him fucking double jeopardy applies to immigrants it's Apparently not in fucking Florida. Wow, that just really pissed me off. A lot of this is very confusing, like the language and how they. You're not supposed to be retried for the same crime. Yeah, I. They they were going to try and retry him. Okay, wow. Um, but finally they dismissed that idea and he was released in 2018. Oh, fucking great! Here's the fucking kicker. As far as I can tell, Samantha Williams has still not been charged in the deaths. Get the hell out of here. Yep. Yep. So she's just running around somewhere. I guess. And that was, like, on the, like, everything I could see, they had not said that she had been tried yet for anything or charged with anything. Makes sense, right? So, um, obviously, he's made claims of, uh, 
you know, ethnically biased investigating as soon as they saw. Durr. Yeah. Um, wow. As soon as they saw, you know, an immigrant. So you mentioned that he had a reason for kind of messing with the crime scene. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. I don't know if you remember me mentioning that in Honduras he had been tried to be brought into um, like a not a car. I think they call it a cartel, but I could you be said wrong. like a drug a drug uh, ring, almost like a gang or yeah. whatever. Okay. He had witnessed murders in Honduras. He had witnessed where he lived. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot Which is of... why he came here. Exactly. And he had witnessed a lot of really heinous things there. Mm-hmm. So he did not react the way... Like, had you and I walked into a crime scene, we wouldn't have fucking touched anything. It would have been called, call 911, get people here. Right. You know, I truthfully don't think, unless the person was moving, I don't think that I would have touched them to try and revive them, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he did have reports of having PTSD from witnessing murders in the streets and things like that. So in his mind, it was like a whole different kind of situation. He went to try and revive them because that's, I guess, what you did in Honduras. Well, that part makes sense to me. I I guess what I'm like, dude, what about, like, the knife? Why would you... Well... And that makes sense, too. If you think about it, he thought the killer was still in the house and he got scared. I highly doubt they investigate murders like they do here in Honduras, where there's so much violence and gang violence. In his mind, it was a weapon to protect himself. Yeah, that's true. Or it's a weapon to get out of the house so that if Samantha her shit bag self that's her or, name right yeah but i mean he didn't think it was her either he didn't know no, what had but happened, if she but... but if she were there yeah if, if whoever the killer you know was there and he had access to that weapon he probably thought he was just doing yes. everyone a favor by getting rid of it well i think he honestly just ran out of the house with it because he thought the killer might be in the house like he just wasn't he wasn't thinking at that point just i have this weapon to protect me i'm getting the fuck out of here yeah and he going was just home. reacting that's what i all of the trauma that he had experienced in honduras made him react differently to finding those dead bodies than a typical person would yeah that and they makes... do bring they did bring that up in the hearings again that makes sense so so here's here's another kicker you're gonna fucking love this okay obviously he's entitled to compensation because half his fucking life uh well not half his life well yeah a good bit a, a good, good bit chunk. of his life uh he spent behind bars mm-hmm. wrongfully convicted so he filed for that claim the judge denied the compensation claim because there's supposedly a 90-day deadline after a conviction is vacated to request compensation, and he didn't do it in 2016 when the charges were vacated. The issue is that he wasn't fucking released until 2018. So how in the fuck was he supposed to file within 90 days of the charges being vacated if he was still incarcerated? Let me just say... (laughs) You got really calm there, and I'm kind of scared. That is... The most heinous thing. It's grade A horseshit. That definitely an old white dude did. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was like an old white judge. Old male white judge. You're telling me you're going to be that by the book with things that apply to the victim of this? Yep. But not that by the book to the fucking cops and all the people that are keeping him unlawfully mm-hmm. in jail. Yep. He's entitled to $720,000 for his time on death row. Everyone, please vote in 2020. Please fucking vote. <laughs> oh, my God, please. That's all I can say. Okay. Don't be one of those people who says your vote doesn't count. Yeah. So, uh, but luckily a state representative is actually working on the case in his favor to try and get him that compensation. So that's still ongoing? Yeah. The the update from the state representative was actually from February 2020. Describe my face. You just look so fucking done. 
and my I'm like having a stroke a yeah little. like you're like pushing down on your yeah yep yep that's so sad and like have you watched the um I think it's on Netflix about the Central Park Five I have not watched it yet because it fucks with me it, it will fuck you up I mean it's I'm just, not ready to be that angry I didn't so. I didn't realize how and I it was less even anger and like when I move past angry just directly to very sad and depressed like no anger is usually when it comes to injustice anger is usually like my thing yeah <laughs> but yeah. I was I was just so sad because even though these little black kids got like now adult men got like compensation and you know they were they were helped I believe by the innocence project it still it doesn't it doesn't matter because so much of their lives were wasted for a crime that mm-hmm. they didn't commit, and it was simply because they were minorities. Yep. And I that I find that so, oh, just such a, just such a cruel waste of what this country is supposed to be about. I just maintain anger. Oh man, I I, went, just... I skipped anger. Um, did not collect two hundred dollars and went straight <laughs> to depressed. Yeah, it was very. It, those things are so sad because it's so. It's so unfair, and it's such a robbery. Like, that's time that he will never get back. No, absolutely not. And even no amount of money is going to change that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my case to uh, make you a little bit depressed today. Good good job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really not much. That's the thing, like, with this one I was doing, and I was like, there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about because it's just us going to be really pissed off at everything and yeah. like when you saw the severity of how badly she had been stabbed i don't understand why you would equate it to someone who is not fucking related to begin with someone had a vendetta against this woman with how horribly um, she had been stabbed and, oh and i and i just put together too she totally framed that guy yeah <laughs> like, she absolutely did like i just remembered she said because like, she knew i have a gut feeling this guy did it because she knew it would be easy yes he was an easy target exactly exactly so just super fucked up. The whole thing is just fucked up. I was going to ask you something. Oh, did, anything about why the knife from his restaurant? No, they never circled back on that. But in my mind, it's probably just a very common fucking kind of knife. Like a common kitchen knife, to be honest. Like maybe it just had no it had no link back. No, there really was no link. It would have been nuts had this woman gone and stole that knife. And like, it doesn't say she worked at that restaurant or anything. She worked at Subway. So, See, that's what I was wondering. Did she even go that far to frame him? She could him? have. She very well could oh, have. Oh, she sounds like a goddamn psychopath. Yeah, so. so I don't I don't know. It's just they never touched back on that, on why the knife. But I'm my bet is that it's just a very common. It's just, or, I mean, she even could have taken it from Subway. Yeah. Like, if he worked at a restaurant and she worked at a restaurant. Yeah, they, very similar. they probably very similar. They're probably, like, a fucking black-handled plastic yeah. chef's knife. Yes. But it is very coincidental and weird that that same knife was missing from his restaurant. Yeah, it just kind of lined up to fuck him. It just kind of makes you cock your eyebrow up. Yeah, like, what? Like, hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks. Yeah, I hope you're super depressed now. Well, I am, so mission accomplished. <laughs> Padded room? Um, Padded room. I went first last time, so... Oh, fuck me. <laughs> um... <laughs> I uh I have one. Yeah, thanks. Because I was literally going to go dogs. I I just <laughs> I just thought, I mean it's not. Don't ever think that the padded room is in any way like an upper because it's not always. It's not always an upper. It's just what's on our mind. Um yeah, I've been watching Surviving R. Kelly on oh Netflix. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, what? What? Tell me. Just, I fuck, I just, mm, the whole thing with him just fucks me off, and, like, <laughs> I just get real pissed about, he fucking married a child, forged documents, and married a fucking child. Yeah, she was, like, 15, not 18. What the fuck? Fuck. Yeah, so I've been watching that, and it's been really gross and upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, like, I just think back to when I was 10 and had the the Now CDs. Remember those? The yeah, and, like, Ignition was on there. Ignition was like, on there, and I Wish was on there, and, like, oh I Believe God. I Can Fly was, fa- was played in fucking churches. And I'm just, like, Describe so my face right now. She... Rachel's eyes are rolled to the back of her head. I think they might fall out. Oh, my God. She's now slow blinking and just trying to reckon with life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why are men? That's I, my question. <laughs> it's, so, it's so gross. Have you watched that? No, because this is the reaction I'll have the it's, whole fucking time. It's so gross. But what I will say, oops, sorry, about those kinds of docuseries is mm-hmm. that they don't glorify him at all. Okay. They make him out for the monster that he is, and they get the story from the women, and I really appreciate that. Good. Okay. Because they, you 100% fucking can't, you hate R. Kelly when you, when you watch this. I mean, I do now, so I can't wait to hate him right. anymore. But, like, oh, back then, his shit was still the number one on the billboard. It was still, his music was still the shit. And, like, and what's crazy is I thought... I thought that nobody, because when this was all happening, I was very young. Yeah. And I thought nobody, just nobody knew, like Bill Cosby. No, everybody fucking just knew. Just people didn't, like, even the public. But yeah. this shit was public. Yeah. And nobody cared. Nope. So it's crazy, it's crazy to me that two decades could pass and now. Now it's, because people feel empowered enough to do it and that they'll actually be heard. That's right. And on this documentary is the woman who founded Me Too. Oh, okay. So that is extremely, like, cool to see. Um, And he just destroyed so many people. And his destruction of those people just continues to have ripple effects. So, yeah, that's it. I hate everything. (laughs) Well, yours actually made me think of a good one because it's just another TV show. So I fucking love Lil Dicky, and I think he is hilarious. Oh, Dave? Yes. Yay. So we just started watching Dave last night, and it's just so good. Wait, what's it on? Uh, Hulu. It is? Yeah. Do you have to have the live one? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we were just flipping for something to watch, and Joey's like, is that Lil Dicky? And I was like, holy shit. I heard about that, and I want to watch that so bad. It's so good. It's so good. And I just... the. It's so fucking funny, and they do such a good job. Um, and there's this scene where they're in the store, um, and him, him and I don't remember his best friend's name, real tall redheaded dude. They're in the store and they're like buying, you know, stuff to take baths and stuff. And he comes around the corner. And he's like, "I have a routine for the cystic acne on your back. When we take a bath together this week, I'll do it for you." <laughs> and Joey's like, "Okay, they're gonna take a bath together." And sure as they shit, did. they took a bath together. And and they're like, "Yeah, it's the best part of our week. We enjoy it so much." And like, truthfully, I just love that so much because it normalized uh, heterosexual relationships that are still close. Yeah, like it wasn't. Yeah, they weren't. There was not. It wasn't. I, I know due to be like, I'll never take a bath with another man. Yeah, like it wasn't. It wasn't homoerotic. No, but it wasn't. It was just nor- platonic. It was just, just totally normal. Yeah. two dudes chilling in a bathtub. Like it wasn't homoerotic, but it also wasn't like 
a hyper masculine no. like okay no it was it was really good and then there's just another scene i love the tall redheaded dude and i'm really upset i don't remember his name but there's another scene where he they're at like a school i think it's a school play or something he's like that was great i'm gonna go do drugs in the car and he leaves and it's just the funniest fucking shit like i don't know so i love it watch dave if you can lil dicky's the shit lil dicky is an amazing rapper too. yeah like, very very good he's awesome yeah no i'll have to watch that because i heard about it on the radio and i like mental noted it because i was like that we i've got to watch that it's just funny because he he snoop dogg signed him and we all well we don't all know because i have not declared my extreme love for, for uncle snoop uncle snoop but I, f- I fucking love snoop dogg well they had so, that they had that song um but they did it together yeah yeah but he also like it's just this the show is about like his struggle to become a popular rapper yeah and like, like that song though was i fucking forget what it's called is it best best Oh, fuck. You had to ask me right fucking now. And it's about, like, his kind of, like, his interview with Snoop. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the whole, the whole music video is his interview with Snoop about how he's, like, the best rapper ever. And Snoop's like, um, w- prove it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a really funny song. Yeah. I, honestly, every one of his songs is just so good, and mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just really love it. It's, um... I just Googled something and it came up, and it was like, Lil Dicky is the Jerry Seinfeld of hip-hop? What the fuck? I don't agree with that. I don't either. I just think it's like, what if that's not what I Googled? I was trying to Google the song. Professional rapper. I Professional was right. rapper. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's my. Nice. My I like that one. I'm glad time. we ended with you because mine was just depressing. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Um, we release a new episode weekly every Monday. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, review, like, comment on your favorite podcasting app. Join us on Facebook at Chardonnay ampersand DNA, Twitter at Chardonnay DNA, and Instagram at Chardonnay A-N-D DNA for photos from the episode and just to chat and reach out. Email us your family DNA stories, cool stuff you want to see, or I'm sorry, cool stuff you see, and also things that you would like to hear about on the podcast. And that's at Chardonnay and DNA, and it's spelled out, at gmail.com. Yeah, great. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.